You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 250 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News, Montreal, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick, Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, Rick? Doing great, Michael. Uh, Happy Canada Day to you. Happy Canada Day to our listeners. Um, Yes, it's it's uh, 250 episodes, the 250th episode of the Canadians Connection. Uh, It's also uh, July 1st is our the start of our sixth season on the air. And we're very proud of that. And um, we also want to shout out to any Quebecers out there that are moving uh, because it is, as we all know, uh, we have a tradition. July 1st is moving day. Yeah. Hope everyone is staying dry out there. It's pretty stormy outside at the moment, but uh, honestly, if uh, you're not moving today and you're interested in curling up with a podcast and avoiding the thunderstorm, it's a great idea. We have plenty of things to talk about. And of course, Rick, uh, we have a lot of, uh, different uh, listeners reaching out to us uh, over this past week especially since we had the draft go down we've got free agency coming up but uh, first here in uh, segment one we'll get you up to date on everything that happened within the past week in segment two we'll have our full draft uh, breakdown we'll analyze everything that went down and look and we'll let you get to know all the different players that we drafted. And then in segment three, uh, we'll turn it over to our listeners. Uh, we had plenty of listeners reach out to us. Uh, Rick, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out to us and let us know uh, any of their thoughts? Well, they've been finding us <laughs> a lot. We've got a ton of messages, social media. We have some emails. Uh, you can reach us at uh, hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. And, of course, we have the ever-popular uh, Rocket Sports text line, uh, that's at 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET, or if you need the numbers, it's 585-376-2538. Yeah, we also uh, like when people reach out to us on our social medias, so make sure you give us a follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can also check out our website, canadiansconnection.fm. 
So, an interesting uh, story from, well, to start this show, Carey Price was selected fifth overall in 2005 at that draft. Uh, that kind of ties into this week as Montreal did have the fifth overall selection. And uh, let's turn it over to Trevor Timmins to make the Carey Price selection here. The Montreal Canadiens are proud to select from the WHL Tri-City Americans goaltender Carey Price. This is a big leap. Oh, man, this is off the books. This is right off the reservation. Uh, Pierre Maguire there at the end uh, wasn't agreeing with the pick um, and some inappropriate comments. Um, but Carey Price, uh, that was the last time the Canadians picked fifth overall um, and uh, was uh, undoubtedly uh, the best goaltender of his generation, uh, the right pick. Uh, the thoroughbred, as as uh, Bob Gainey uh, called him, and um, it was very fitting that we saw Carey Price again this week when the Canadians once again picked fifth overall. So make sure you're checking out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, and feature articles throughout this busy offseason at thn.com slash Montreal. Some updates on the Montreal Canadiens roster, uh, a little bit behind the scenes here. The Canadians have hired Jim Ramsey as their director, sports medicine, performance, and head athletic therapist. They also hired Maxime Goche as the team's head physiotherapist, so some big changes coming to the medical staff. Uh, Ramsey brings more than 30 years of experience in the hockey world after working with the New York Rangers and the Winnipeg Jets, and also he... He was involved in uh, the Olympic Games a little bit, too. Uh, Goche has over 23 years of experience in physiotherapy, so they're going to get a few very experienced guys on board. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, Goche, uh, his experience comes outside, for the most part, out, outside of the hockey world. But Jim's, Jim Ramsey is well-known, um, longtime New York Ranger, uh, association with Jeff Gordon, obviously the connection there. Um, it was kind of a, a, a surprise that uh, he was dismissed by the Rangers in May. Um, a surprise for those that um, that that cover that. Um, but he, I mean, he's he's uh, well respected. The Rangers um, had few injuries um, um, under his tenure, and I think with all the man games lost over the past two years. Uh, by the Montreal Canadiens, that Jeff Gordon, he said he was going to do something, and uh, and he certainly has made a good start with it. So some big news in terms of player transactions. Uh, Kent Hughes acquired the rights to forward Alex Newhook from the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Montreal's 31st pick. That's the first round pick they got from, from uh, Florida and the 37th overall pick in the second round, along with the defenseman Gianni Fairbrother. Uh, so that went down just before the draft, uh, I believe the day before. So it kind of uh, Montreal trading away that uh, second round pick was a little bit interesting trading away that 31st overall uh, as well. That's a pretty steep price for Alex Newhook. It is. And, and we'll take a look, a closer look at this trade uh, and Alex Newhook uh, in our big topic segment uh, short time on. I just want to uh, acknowledge the, the, I don't want to call him a throw-in, but the, the player, uh, in addition to the picks that was included by uh, Ken Hughes, and that's Gianni Fairbrother, never really got was able to get uh, on track to reach his potential. Uh, just injury after injury. Um, and, but he was a very good soldier for the Laval Rocket. Uh, he is a solid leader 
uh, in the room when he was around. And, and uh, I personally wish him well uh, with the Colorado organization. The Canadians made qualifying offers to six restricted free agents. Uh, the starts with newly acquired Alex Newhook, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, uh, Yessa Ulinen, Luca Condotta, Mitchell Stevens, and Nicholas Bodang. So I don't think there's really any big surprises in this group. Uh, they will not be o- sending qualifying offers along to Joel Teasdale or Denis Gurionov, but it is still possible that they can bring back Gurionov, just not at his qualifying offer. No, he was going to be due uh, a raise uh, on his $2.9 million. The Canadians aren't going to um, qualify him at you know, roughly $3 million. There just isn't any value there. He becomes a, an unrestricted free agent, and yeah, they're free to make a deal with him for a, a lower rate if they wish to bring him back at all. Joel, Joel Teasdale, um, I, I, his stock uh, slipped. You, you, with that player, you didn't see any progression in his skating or in his conditioning, which were two big problems for him, will slow at the AHL level. So uh, that's not a a surprise there either. The Canadians released their 2023-24 regular season schedule. So the Habs are going to start their season in Toronto, as it feels like it always does, on October the 11th. And uh, the first home game for the Montreal Canadiens is going to be on October the 14th at the Bell Center against uh, the Chicago Blackhawks and Connor Bedard. So uh, what a great start to the season. Yeah, that'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, The Montreal Canadiens have also invited 37 players to their annual development camp. Uh, The development camp is going to run from July 1st to 4th in Broussard, Quebec. And uh, lots of names. Uh, medicals on, on Saturday. They'll get on the ice on, on Sunday. Um, you know, the names you're going to recognize are going to get to see Lane Hudson, uh, Logan Mayhew, uh, David Reinbacker, of course, uh, Jaden Struble on the defensive side, Jakob Dobas, um, and uh, Jacob Fowler as um, um, on the goaltenders, and uh, a wide variety of uh, forwards, Owen Beck, uh, Jared Davidson, who uh, had such a good Memorial Cup run, Riley Kidney, Joshua Waugh, uh, Fleet Machar, um, and uh, and Florian Jackai uh, will be there as well. And lastly, on our roster news, uh, the Montreal Canadiens have made a splash in a trade as they send Joel Edmondson to the Washington Capitals in exchange for a third and a seventh round pick. Uh, Looks like Montreal will be retaining 50% of Edmondson's contract as well. And uh, it's a pretty big leader that's gone. Uh, I know Edmondson was a guy that uh, really enjoyed his time in Montreal. He wanted to be here. I think to an extent he wanted to be captain. Uh, He's certainly a good guy in the dressing room. And uh, Rick, I'm looking over at uh, my Joel Edmondson signed nameplate and uh, feeling <laughs> a little bit disappointed now. <laughs> well, um, and, and that's that's perfectly understandable. Yes, uh, Joel Edmondson um, wore the the A as the alternate captain with uh, Brendan Gallagher supporting um, best he could with uh, with Nick Suzuki and his new captaincy, uh, a part of a, a pillar of of. Uh, uh, the uh, defenseman, the big, tough, mean defenseman uh, that brought the the Montreal Canadiens uh, to the the Stanley Cup final against uh, Tampa Bay. Um, I think at one time uh, there was hope uh, that uh, Joel Edmondson could be traded at the trade deadline and 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 fetch a, a price. Uh, 
a little bit higher, uh, probably quite a bit higher than a third round pick. Um, but that's where we are. He was uh, injured at, at last uh, the last trade deadline and kind of handcuffed um, uh, Kent Hughes. Uh, this is important for, you know, a couple of reasons. Um, it, it's important that uh, um, that Joel Edmondson uh, is is moved on and that someone else is allowed to take on uh, the leadership role uh, in that locker room. Um, the, the the salary cap, uh, although they they keep half of his cap, so 1.75 million will still be uh, part of that uh, retained salary for next season. But it frees up some uh, cap space. But most importantly, it frees up um, a spot on the blue line for the young uh, talent uh, that uh, that that most deservedly has earned it, whether it be Caden Gooley um, or Jordan Harris. Um, it, it's it's uh, an important move for the Montreal Canadiens, and it adds to their prospect pool for 2024, uh, which means they now have two third-round picks uh, next season and three seventh-round picks. <laughs> so certainly an opportunity to move up in the seventh round, I guess. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Uh, Joel Edmondson was always a player I liked. Uh, he was always a really uh, big physical body on the back end and uh, really appreciated his contributions. So a uh, good trade for Montreal. I think that now was the right time to move on. And I think m- the Washington Capitals have a pretty good defenseman. So now I think it's a good time to get to our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So to start things off, uh, Rick, I'm going to have you take a look at the NHL Draft 2023 breakdown by Amateur League. Well, we, we always like to look at the demographics uh, of the uh, draftees, uh, particularly as we in, in our prospect section. Um, 69 defensemen were taken, uh, 63 centers, 26 goaltenders, lots of goaltenders taken. Uh, Canada leads uh, the, the picks um, by, uh, by birth country, and there's no surprise there at 86. The U.S., though, with 50 players, uh, a good showing there. Um, 19 Russians, uh, despite all of the difficulties in bringing Russians over, 24 Swedes, uh, 15 Finns, and one Austrian. Um, the other demographic uh, that, that we like to look at, as you mentioned, are the, the picks by Amateur League. Um, and the OHL is is the best junior league in the world. I'm I'm not. It's not an opinion. It's it's just fact. And and once again, they top um, the the picks by amateur league um, with 35. Uh, the WHL close behind uh, with 33 uh, of the draft picks. That's of the 224 players. Um, the disappointment this year is um, with the Q and um, just 12 players selected uh, from the QMJHL. Uh, this is this is something that's that's been happening, a, a, a reduction in the players from the Q. Um, and and it's a, an issue that we've talked about and we're going to talk about again what the Q must do, uh, especially now under the new commissioner uh, to be to get back to their their development roots. Um, 
the fellow who who follows this most closely with RDS is Stéphane Leroux, and he says uh, that officially, statistically, this is the worst draft ever for the QMJHL, just 12 players out of 20, 224. And by his math, um, five of the players fr- um, out of those 12 that were taken from the Q were Quebecers, uh, just five players. So... Uh, this is an issue. Why? Well, um, it, it's an issue because the the Q needs to be a strong league. It needs to be a development league. But also, when it comes to lots of folks saying that the Canadians should number one draft more players from the Q, number two have in the lineup um, more player more Quebecers, um, it's difficult to do that with uh, what the quality that's being produced there right now, and and don't confuse Memorial Cup wins with uh, with drafting players. You know, you can load up your your uh, uh, junior uh, hockey lineup with nineteen year olds and and um, and win and win the Memorial Cup. So uh, this this is a serious issue. There's alarm bells. I can tell you, there's alarm bells going off all over the place uh, in Quebec. Um, the, this was not a good result for the Q, and, and uh, um, I think things are going to, uh, th- this is going to get some attention so that uh, this doesn't happen again. And for what seems like the first time ever, we have some news out of the National League in Switzerland. Uh, the Canadian's <laughs> prospect, Vincennes Rohrer, has signed a two-year contract with the Zurich Lions. Uh, he spent last year with the 67s. Uh, a little bit surprised to see him heading to Europe, but I don't think this is too big a deal. No, this is great. And and the Zurich Lions are... Uh, he he has a long history with the Zurich Lions. Not the, not the club he's got, but uh, his entire career. Um, he's He's been associated with that, uh, with that brand. Um, so going there and, uh, and, and continuing his development, um, with the Zurich Lions makes a lot of sense. Um, better there than, than let's say, uh, in Laval for now. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, an entry level contract will always trump whatever is in that, uh, that two year contract with Zurich. So heading back to our roots a little bit with uh, some AHL news, uh, the Syracuse Crunch have announced the hiring of former Laval Rocket head coach Joel Bouchard. Uh, he spent three seasons coaching Laval, and uh, I guess he waited for the right opportunity to go back behind the bench. Yeah, this is an interesting move. Benoit Gruel, one of the best uh, AHL coaches, he's being given um, a position uh, elsewhere in the Tampa Bay uh, organization and bringing in um, bringing in Joel Bouchard and his sidekick uh, Daniel Jacob um, for the the Syracuse Crunch is it's going to make there's already a, a pretty uh, stiff rivalry between Syracuse and Laval. I I think this is going to ramp it up a little bit more. And uh, we'd like to send a nice congratulations to Jan Meshack, who competed in the Spartan Trifecta. I believe that's what it's called. You can correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, but he competed in that last weekend. And uh, wow, what an athlete, isn't he? Incredible. This is uh, just a brutal race. Uh, this one happened in uh, Brno, uh, Czechia. Uh, if you see the, the clips from it, uh, it's it's obstacle course. It's 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 everything. 
Um, and he looked a, a bit tired and a bit dirty because uh, it's a rugged race, uh, but he uh, looks pretty proud of the, the medal he got for uh, getting through that. And, and uh, what a great way to, um, to extend his off-season training. So you can find all our content about Canadians' prospects at THN.com slash Montreal. So, as you guys know, leading up to the NHL draft of 2023, uh, we used to do a little segment uh, giving you all the newest updates on everything uh, that related to the draft that Taps fans would be interested in. As the draft uh, was held this past week, uh, Rocket Sports was present. Uh, Mike Raschel was there with a few of our listeners and readers being a bit of a host. Uh, we had Chris G there as well with his boots on the ground. Uh, I believe he was able to get behind the scenes as well. Uh, for those who uh, tuned into the THPN live draft party, you got to see me react to the Habs fifth overall pick. And not to mention uh, all, everyone else behind the scenes, uh, like uh, Rick Stevens, Amy Johnson, putting in a lot of work leading up to this draft. Uh, I hope everyone had an amazing week, and uh, it must be nice to have, uh, I guess, what I'm hoping is a few days in between here to relax a bit. Well, this uh, this was an incredible effort uh, by by you know a lot of members of the Rocket Sports team. Um, proud of them all. Um, if you missed any of our content, if you go to THN dot com slash Montreal. That's the Hockey News Montreal. Uh, you'll see that uh, we generated an awful lot of content that uh, to keep you updated on what went down at the this year's draft. Um, and as you said, uh, Chris was um, w- we had him credentialed. He was uh, behind the scenes um, and uh, getting uh, all the information and meeting the the prospects and and uh, did a great job there. Uh, we had, as we have every year since uh, 2009, uh, we had a, uh, provided tickets for uh, a group of our fans and uh, readers and listeners, and uh, Mike shepherded them, shepherded them around and, and hosted them. And uh, I, I thought you did a great job on the, on the live stream. We had that covered on YouTube for the Hockey Podcast uh, folks and, and uh uh, I think it was it was a busy week with with the awards and and uh, the draft and now free agency and development camps, um, but it, it just goes to show that um, you know this is something we take very seriously, uh, and we take our responsibility and our commitment to uh, our readers and listeners very seriously to try and give them the best of uh, uh, of information out there in all sorts of different forms. So. Uh, congratulations to our team and and thank you uh, to all of those folks out there uh, who supported us during the draft. Yeah, and uh, big congratulations to you as well, Rick. I know you put in a lot of work for this. You do this year after year, so I think it was a great job, well-received by everybody. And uh, for those who missed out, uh, you can still find all our content and coverage on the draft, and uh, you can check that out. Uh, looking around the league, there was some notes and news uh, starting things off. Uh, this one might disappoint some Habs fans out there, and uh, this was buzzing the whole draft week uh, as to whether or not this was going to happen. But the Winnipeg Jets have traded Pierre-Luc Dubois to the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Alex Iofalo, Rasmus Kapari, Gabe Velarde, and a second-round pick in 2024. That second-round pick is actually a pick that uh, they acquired from Montreal, so they still get involved in that. Uh, Huge return for uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, a guy that uh, wanted out of Winnipeg, did not want to sign. Uh, The rumors were that it came down to... uh, 
the LA Kings and the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, the Kings just had more of the right pieces to give away. Uh, good job by Kevin Chevaldeoff, the GM of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, being able to bring back a big haul here. And uh, honestly, I'm kind of glad that this is over. I'm glad that <laughs> this might be the last time we talk about this, at least for a while yet, no? <laughs> Well, it, it's interesting that uh, we, we know how Canadians fans uh, felt, wanted to to bring him in. Um, it, it's um, I, I think it was unrealistic that he was going to come to Montreal uh, for spare parts for a trade that involved Dvorak or or uh, Josh Anderson or Amia. Um, it, it just that that's silly talk. It wasn't going to happen, and nor was he going to come. Uh, to Montreal for a, uh, a hometown discount. He said that it would be, he'd uh, charge extra and he was looking for $9 million for for a team that was rebuilding. He went to LA um, at a little bit of a discount, 8.5 times 8. So, um, you know, I think some fans were hoping that he would go to LA for a year and then be available via free agency. That's not going to happen. He's very happy. Wanted the big market. He's got the big market in uh, LA. Um, and 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 yes, uh, last week uh, we had Murata Tesh uh, from the Athletic uh, covers the Winnipeg Jets. That's uh, episode two four nine of the uh, Canadians Connection podcast. If you want to find out why Los Angeles was a better fit. Uh, we told you that they were last week. Uh, you want to listen to uh, that episode. And, and we, we also talked with Murat. Uh, he said that um, that Kevin she- Shoveldayoff had to win the trade for Pierre-Luc uh, Dubois. And I think it's fair to say that he did. Yes, L.A. got the better player, but uh, a terrific haul uh, coming back for the Winnipeg Jets. And in all this, something poetic did happen here. Uh, Mark Bergevin finally gets his hands on one of the players he covets the most. So good job to Mark Bergevin. Absolutely. And uh, one other thing uh, just went down early this morning on Saturday, July uh, the 1st. Uh, Mike Babcock is being introduced at the, as the Columbus Blue Jackets head coach officially. Uh, I think that uh, this is something that people have probably heard about happening for a while, but uh, it did become official just today. And Columbus has uh, quite a haul in the draft. Uh, He's going to have some pretty good players to work with. So we'll see how that goes. So we're going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, We'll hear a word from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then it's our big topic segment. We'll do a full breakdown of the draft that went down this past week. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. 
Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requisite for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at The Spinella. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can find him on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow this podcast, The Habs Connection, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check out our website, CanadiansConnection.com. Also, just a little reminder here to hit that subscribe button on the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app. And as we've said off the top of the show, uh, the 2023 NHL draft has completed. Uh, The Montreal Canadiens went in there with uh, 11 picks uh, within the top 40. They ended up trading two picks away. And uh, you know what? Some of the moves and decisions they made over this past week, uh, I think, was mixed feelings all around. Uh, Let's uh, start things up. off uh, with the trade that they made uh, the 31st and the 37th overall pick for Alex Newhook of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Like we said, perhaps a bit of an overpay, but uh, Rick, I'll get you to start analyzing this one. Yeah, um, we we heard leading up to this trade, uh, leading up to the draft, sorry, um, Jeff Gordon said it, Kent Hughes said it, they said it often. Um, that they were going to replicate, they were going to try to replicate the Kirby Doc trade. They were really happy with the way that tr- turned out, and, and why wouldn't they be? Uh, it was a rather unique uh, circumstance, set of circumstances, uh, that had uh, Kirby Doc um, or, or the, the Chicago Blackhawks willing to trade Kirby Doc out of Chicago. Um, it, it, um, it was something that, that was cleverly engineered, uh, and Kirby Doc, um, it it took some time, but, um, we can see, uh, we saw over the course of the season, what, uh, an effective, uh, maybe number two, uh, center he can be, uh, very imposing, um, as he got his confidence, he, he played like a center, um, and, and that's, you know, we, we wondered if, if Kirby Doc was going to end up as a winger, then then it was probably an overpay uh, at the time, uh, the 13th overall pick. Um, but it was, it w- and, and the loss of, of uh, Alex Romanov in, in the dealings. Um, but we could see the, the plan uh, unfolding uh, by Hughes and Gorton, and that it was probably... Um, a, a way to accelerate accelerate the the rebuild. They signaled that this was coming um, for a long time, and um, I think the issue here is um, that that Doc was that was a very that was a unicorn kind of moment that that a very unusual unique kind of moment. The way it all kind of was able to fit, and the way he was able to uh, then perhaps get closer to reaching his potential in Montreal. Um, the worry was that the, the Canadians were going to chase uh, a situation like that. Um, and it's funny because I, I mentioned Alex Romanov a minute ago. It's almost like watching Alex Romanov play when he was with the Canadians, especially when he was 
was young, uh, that when when the unique set of circumstances happened, uh, him in the right position, a, a speedy winger uh, crossing the blue line, and a, a massive hit, um, that it was a beautiful thing to watch. What was pretty ugly was when Alex Romanoff was chasing a hit uh, and he'd get a, a penalty, he'd put himself out of position and, and uh, give, out a, give up a goal. It was, it was a train wreck. Um, so I, I think that was the worry here, that the Canadians were chasing a trade uh, rather than kind of letting one happen. And, and with Alex Newhook... Again, uh, we're going to sit back. We're going to let this play out. We're going to see what happens. Um, but the the conditions aren't the same in this case. Um, Alex Newhook uh, was uh, a first round pick by Colorado in in 2019. Um, he was picked right between. It was Cole, Cole Caulfield, uh, then Alex Newhook, then Peyton Krebs. Uh, both of those players are dynamic, can be dynamic um, uh, scorers. Um, Alex Newhook, not in that same category. Um, he, in fact, has, has struggled um, in Colorado. And um, you know, I, I know that, uh, that it's easy to sit back and think, hey, um, Colorado's a winning team. He's, Alex Newhook's a young player. Um, he must have got shuffled down and, and uh, didn't get an opportunity. That couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, Colorado had injuries and injuries to uh, their top players. Uh, so there was a lot of opportunity for Alex Newhook, and he, he, he didn't grab it, according to the, the folks who cover the Colorado Avalanche uh, on a regular basis. is um, you know He was a, a disappointment that he... Um, you know, in the playoffs, um, he had uh, between seven to nine minutes uh, a game. Um, when he was on the ice, he wasn't creating any, any really anything. And I'm told that, um, in fact, he was he was being shopped for uh, the last year by the Colorado Avalanche. So um, this is again. Um, uh, Marty St. Louis is going to be asked uh, to use his magic wand in a reclamation project of Alex Newhook. Uh, this one is going to be a little bit more difficult, I believe, um, but we'll see how uh, we'll see how it all turns out. Yeah, and I think one of the things I was wondering coming out of this trade, and I don't know that it's clear, um, is now Alex Newhook projecting to be a center? Is he projecting to be a wing? And like when you look at where Montreal is at forward wise, they have a lot of guys under contract at forward. It seems like it's pretty uh, full in that regard. No. Yeah, it, it is, and and um, yeah, I I you know, is he going to play on the wing? Is he going to play at center? That's an excellent question, and it's the kind of question that uh, Ken Hughes was asked. You know, I don't want to put kind of a label. I think he's he's he can he's very versatile. So he brings a lot of speed to the lineup. He, he's not tall, but he's heavy. Um, can he play on the wing and bring pace to to a complementary role in a top six? Can he be a third line center? Can he be a second line center? Like those are all things that are to be determined. But we believe he has the potential to do more. So we don't know, uh, mm-hmm. and Ken Hughes doesn't know. 
Um, is he going to be a, a third line center or winger? Is he going to be a second line center or winger? Um, it's, it's, we'll see. Um, again, uh, you look at, um, you look at other players the Canadians have, as he says, he's, he's a smaller, uh, forward, um, stout, but, but smaller. Um, and is this going to, uh, you know, put a block in place for a player like Sean Farrell, um, you know, or, or one of the, the other wingers, uh, Ulanen, Heinemann, um, we, we don't know. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a very interesting choice and not only a very interesting, uh, choice, but, uh, a huge payment, uh, to make with, uh, a, a first round, a, a pick at the, uh, the end of the first round and an early second round pick. Yeah, I think what we were expecting is one of those picks would be used to pick a high-end goaltender or one of the best goaltenders available in the draft. So I think there was a little bit of disappointment uh, when they traded both of those away and they were not able to capitalize on one of the those top goaltenders like a Trey Augustine, uh, uh, Guyane, uh, any of those guys. Uh, that just seemed to be out of the question at that point as soon as they moved those two picks along. Uh, Alex Newhook, also a guy that uh, Ken Hughes knows very, very well. Yeah. I believe a former client too. Uh, maybe Ken Hughes has some intel on that, uh, but I think uh, I think a couple things can be true about this trade. I think you can like the potential of Newhook. He's a recognizable name if you uh, watch the World Juniors, but you can also be disappointed that you know what. They gave up an awful lot to get a player that's still not really proven, and uh, his highest point total in the NHL is 33 points. That's uh, certainly a big price to pay. Marty St. Louis, uh, and uh, I'll read his quote, is Newhook will have the opportunity to be in a better chair. Um, now, he had an opportunity to be in a better place in in the lineup uh, in Colorado. He just didn't take it, but he'll be given that opportunity uh, again. Uh, and more to your point about the connection uh, with Cortex and, and uh, the knowledge that, that Ken Hughes had, Marty St. Louis said, um, he's a player that reflects a lot in what we're looking for from a culture point of view. Remember that word culture, it's going to come up again. Yeah, and uh, speaking of culture, I think we're time to dive into that first round of the draft, right? Yeah. Okay, so I think we'll start off with the first overall pick here. No surprises, Connor Bedard to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, that was uh, announced on that night by GM Kyle Davidson. He's going to be an absolute star in Chicago. Uh, honestly, he's going to be very fun to watch and uh, certainly look out for the kid. But going last in the draft, too, I think we have to highlight Tyler Peddle uh, going 224th overall to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, that completes the draft. Uh, Rick, what were you going to say? Yeah, no. I, well, both uh, the first and last are always interesting picks. Uh, Connor Bedard, we knew where he was, was going to go. It was still a, a, an amazing moment. Uh, you saw uh, how, he, how nervous he was, his family, um, and, and the celebrations and, and his comments uh, afterwards. Um, incredible moment for him. Incredible moment for uh, General Manager Kyle Davidson getting the opportunity to get a generational talent like Connor Bedard. 
Um, and uh, Kyle Davidson became a bit of a new star uh, during the draft, n- not just for selecting Connor Bedard. That was an easy decision. He picked up a couple of other nice assets as well. But uh, just a couple of hours uh, before the draft, there was uh, Kyle Davidson on the streets of uh, Nashville uh, wearing a, a backwards baseball cap. And w- there was a man in the street interview um, where they asked him, um, they didn't know who he was. They asked him uh, what he knew about hockey and what he knew about uh, who was his favorite team and all those kinds of typical um, man in the street. And he was brilliant. Uh, it's uh, it, the video went viral and and he was terrific. Um, <laughs> the Tyler Pedal, you know, I've been at many drafts. Uh, we've sat to the bitter end of the last pick in the in the draft, and typically um, with the the seating we got, we were sitting amongst families. When you get to the seventh round, it's difficult for the players who have been sitting there all day, may have been expecting uh, to go uh, earlier, and um, you got parents consoling um, the players. You have agents. You have. Uh, girlfriends you have, you know, it's, it's, it's a very difficult time. Um, and so to see the reaction by Tyler Peddle, and it, it was fascinating the way it played out because uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, obviously, by winning the Stanley Cup, they had the last pick in the draft. Uh, and, and um, <laughs> you know, the team's wanting to get out, um, and Vegas takes a timeout the last pick of the draft and everybody's kind of rolling their eyes, but they made a trade with Columbus. They traded that last pick um, with Columbus for a, a 2024 NHL draft pick and Columbus selected Tyler Peddle. Um, and just the reaction. Um, he said he was in complete shock. His father grabbed him. Um, and he said, it's the, the, the best moment of his life. He had 12 members of his family there at the Bridgestone arena um, what an absolute, um, what an absolute great um, uh, moment for him and his family. And and he's uh, from the queue. He played in Drummondville, um, and he'll get a chance to go to camp now with uh, Columbus. Yeah, absolutely a great moment, and honestly, no shortage of drama. And to an extent, I think that drama meant no trades in that first round. Yeah, and that's the first time since 2007 that happened. All the rumblings leading up to that first round, and then for no trades to go down was kind of crazy. Not even a pick swap moving up or down, nothing. Yet with the last pick of the draft, there was a trade. So <laughs> interesting there for sure. Um, and even in that top 10, uh, I think a lot of people went into this draft feeling like, okay, Bedard number one makes sense. I felt like Fantilli was kind of the favorite at number two. That didn't quite happen either. Um, what ended up happening was Anaheim selecting Leo Carlson with that number two pick, leaving Adam Fantilli wide open number three for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, so Mike Babcock's going to get very familiar with that player. And then the number four pick was the one that really that was really going to set the tone for the Montreal Canadiens. And with that number four pick, the San Jose Sharks select Will Smith. Uh, I think that was a favorite along amongst a lot of Habs fans. This is a guy that had a relationship with Kent Hughes. Uh, he was not going to be available at number five. Michkov still on the board. And what does Montreal do? Well, with the fifth overall pick, Montreal selects David Reinbacker, <laughs> the right hand D. Uh, that's the first D off the board. And uh, honestly, this uh, 
I don't mind this pick too much. Uh, we'll get into some analysis a little bit later, but uh, interesting too that uh, right after David Reinbacker was selected, Arizona goes up and they select the second defenseman of the draft. Uh, so interesting that that's how that goes. Uh, this was the first time since 1971 uh, 72 that the Canadians had uh, picks in the top uh, five in the two consecutive drafts. So, uh, Rick, what can you tell us about your thoughts here? Well, I, I think, and, and I think that's a good point to mention, um, that's 50 years. Um, and it's incredible to think that after some tough seasons uh, over the years, uh, that, that the Canadians have never had in the past 50 years, uh, you know, those kind, those kind have to endure those kind of seasons to see their team get two top five picks in consecutive years. Um, that not happened since 71, 72. Um, so I think that, again, that sets the context for the mindset of Canadians fans. Desperate, desperate for a star. Um, absolutely, and, and have been through the mill the last couple of years. Um, and so they were, they were desperate for a star. Um, this was uh, the best draft in a decade um, as far as, as, uh, the top 40, um, one of the best drafts ever, um, you know, we heard, uh, general manager after general manager saying that there was probably eight or nine blue chip picks in the top 10. Um, and if you look back, so, so that's, that's what Canadians fans have in their mind, that this is a, this is a draft that's full of dynamic, offensively talented players. Um, and when you look back 50 years to 1971 and 1972, who did they take in those two drafts the last time they had uh, top five picks in consecutive drafts? Well, they took Guy Lafleur and Steve Shutt, um, superstars, Hall of Famers, um, players who could light up uh, the Montreal Forum um, with their offensive talent. That's 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 the setting that we're going into this uh, draft with. Yeah, uh, big shoes uh, to fill. I I don't know that we could have expected them to be able to do that uh, again. But uh, honestly, there was a ton of speculation leading up as to whether or not Montreal was going to want to move up or down. Uh, the rumor mill was swirling and uh, they decided to hold at uh, five, which I don't mind. I think the best move for them was to keep that five overall pick. Uh, but if we want to roll back the clock just a little bit, uh, there was a Canadians Connection episode, episode uh, 245, where we had uh, Sam Cosentino interviewed to talk about the draft. And, uh, well, the scenario here was uh, Will Smith is off the board. Who should the Canadians choose? And uh, starting off, he gives uh, his rationale for Ryan Leonard. Taking Mitchkoff out of the equation, Smith probably ends up in the four hole, and so you're sitting there at five with a number of options. I I'm a big Ryan Leonard fan. I've had him higher on my list, I think, than most people have had all year. I just love that he's able to play a, a more of a power game. Um, you know, his game is complete. He really shoots the puck well, so he's got that goal scoring ability. Uh, he's got the tenacious compete uh, level to his game, and so he's a guy that I that I really, really like. So uh, at that point, uh, we were talking with Sam Cosentino. You said it was Canadians Connection episode 245. That was at the end of May 
we were trying to prepare uh, Canadians fans for what was coming, and we had a, uh, we had consecutive shows with draft experts, Sam uh, in this case, and you heard the the sound a little different. Well, Sam was packing uh, for an appearance uh, in the states on the NHL Network, so that's that's uh, and was gracious enough to to spend some time with us. But he was he was working out the scenarios in his mind at that point. Uh, with Michkov being on the table and one of the options being um, none other than Ryan Leonard, who later on we heard uh, Ken Hughes praise and, and categorize in the same breath as, as the Kachuks. So that was, that was for, um, for Sam. That was one of the scenarios that might play out. Here's the other one. Where I think things might um, you know, change for Montreal if you're looking at their decor and the way it is now, you know, you've got some young guys coming there with, uh, you know, Harris has really come a long way. Obviously, Caden Gooley, I think highly of him. You think about Arbor Jack, guy, that's probably a third-pairing guy, maybe even a seventh guy moving forward here. And the eventuality that, that uh, you know, David Savard and, and Joel Edmondson will move on, maybe one of them as early as this summer, you want to think about restocking that, that part. So... David Reinbacher, to me, uh, all of a sudden enters the conversation at number five. And the reason I say that is because I do believe there is a bit of a gap between the top two defensemen, Reinbacher and Axel Sandin Pelica. I have Reinbacher ahead. That's changed for a lot of people now. But if you want that high-end defenseman, a right-shot guy, again, added value, you're probably going to have to jump at five to get him. And so I think he enters the conversation. So I'd be looking at Smith if Michkov goes head in the top four I'd be looking at Ryan Leonard it's a player I really really like I'd be looking at a guy like David Reinbacher if they want to address uh, a defensive need and again probably not really a reach for Reinbacher to be selected at five but if you want that defense and that high-end guy you probably have to jump there so I know that um, we got a lot of comments a lot of negative comments actually from Habs fans saying uh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. The Canadians will never take a defenseman. They have enough. Um, we're taking um, a, a dynamic forward. Uh, and I get it, but we're trying to prepare you with draft experts. And you see there that Sam laid it out perfectly. And that was a month ago. Um, I was hearing uh, that they were very high. The Montreal Canadiens organization was very high on David Reinbacker. And I uh, tried to mention that at every turn. Um, and you hear that Sam mentioned um, why you would take Reinbacker. Maybe a, a reach, but you have to, if you want that right-hand de- defenseman, you'd have to take him at that point because somebody else might take him. Um, interesting, fascinating that that Sam laid it out perfectly. Um, if Michkov is still on the table, the Canadians would would uh, let him go, um, and and focus on on R- Ryan Leonard and uh, David Reinbacker and Sam. Even as we told you earlier in the podcast, uh, even forecasted forecasted that uh, Joel Edmondson would be. Uh, maybe moving on as early as this summer, and of course he's he's done that to Washington. So um, a lot of things there, a lot of information. We we tried to uh, bring it to you and present it to you and prepare you. Still, some Canadians fans were <laughs> shocked when it actually happened. 
Yeah, I think it's fair to say that there was a definite mixed reaction, especially in that scenario where Michkov was still on the table. I think a lot of people, like myself, were hoping that uh, Montreal might take a crack at uh, Matvey Michkov. It didn't quite happen, and actually last week, Rick, uh, you said something that ended up becoming very true on uh, Canadians Connection episode 4. 249 uh you uh talked about what your prediction was that montreal would do with that number five pick if matt vamichkov was was still available if the will smith is gone if they pass on michkov um then the names that we hear attached to the montreal canadians um the most are david reinbacker and ryan leonard uh Ryan Leonard was referenced uh, by Kent Hughes, talked about him in the same vein as the Kachuks and the kind of player that that he is, the uh, physical player, the uh, compete level that he has. Um, I really feel that David Reinbacker is still, um, there are um, folks in, there are scouts and uh, Jeff Gorton uh, who are probably pushing for David Reinbacker um, just as as uh, the most complete defenseman and and the most NHL ready defenseman in the draft, a right-handed defenseman, um, and those being so hard to get, I think there's going to be a debate, um, and probably right up into the end, uh, a debate between Reinbacker and Ryan Leonard. Um, my thought is that uh, the folks that are pushing Reinbacker are going to win out. And they did. Uh, that, of yep. course, that, that clip was from last week's show, uh, episode 249, as you said. And and that's the information that, that we were getting, uh, both reading the tea leaves and, and from uh, some of the sources uh, that, that we've been able to cultivate. Uh, that Reinbacker, it was uh, it was his uh, pick to lose, and and uh, that's the connect- the direction they were going in. I know I've, I we received all kinds of texts um, and and uh, posts to our social media uh, that we we're off the mark. Um, I, we're w- w- you know we could we could, we could go for the hits. We could uh, we could do. It. We're just trying to be honest and let you know what we know. Um, and as it turned out, uh, that's exactly the way, uh, that, that the the draft played out. I find it very fascinating, uh, listening back to your quote, uh, listening back to Sam Cosentino and just living through this past week and realizing that was right on the nail. All of that is exactly how it went. So absolutely incredible from both of you. Great predictions. Well, it's uh, yeah, and and uh, we try not to we try not to speculate, and and we differentiate with what we'd like to see happen with what we're told is is going to happen, and and there's a difference there. Yeah. So uh, as I kind of mentioned a few times here on day one of the draft, uh, the Canadians uh, did receive some offers for pick number five. There was a lot of speculation: Are they moving up? Are they moving down? What's going on here? Ken Hughes said that uh, they received as much as five offers for pick number five, and one of the things that was being reported, at least by Kevin Weeks, uh, was that the Predators were trying hard to get that number five pick. And their uh, goaltender prospect uh, Yaroslav Askarov was on the table potentially. Yeah, that's um, uh, Nashville was trying to make a splash. We're told um, because uh, it, it was they were at home. Uh, they wanted to be in that top five for their fans. Also, 
David Poyle's last draft uh, after being the only general manager of the Nashville Predators. Barry Trotz coming in, wanting to make a splash. The Ascarov thing is is odd. Um, I know... I know members of the organ of that organization that would not have been happy if it went through, uh, but uh, Kent Hughes, uh, for his part, uh, wasn't biting and uh, wanted to make uh, that uh, number five pick, and he explained it why. Well, I mean, there, there were different options in terms of uh, what we could have done from a trade perspective, but I think at the end of the day, our, our scouts believed that this was a hockey player that was going to play for us for an awful long time, and and be on the ice an awful lot and that uh, we weren't going to be able to find a trade that would be as valuable as David at at five. So uh, no trade that was as valuable in the minds of their scouts um, as uh, as David Reinbacher and we should say Kent Hughes was responding directly uh, to Chris G there um, in a question that he asked. Yeah, great question asked by Christie, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, I know that Montreal is looking for that goaltender of the future. They have said a few times they don't think they currently have that. And uh, Askarov's a pretty good goaltending prospect, but uh, it's interesting to know that Kent Hughes was so high on uh, David Reinbacker that uh, Askarov, uh, another first-round pick, uh, was not worth uh, him moving down. Um, so the Montreal Canadiens, they go ahead and they make that selection. And uh, who did they invite up to make the selection? No other than Carey Price, another fifth overall pick. And, uh, well, here's what happened. To make our selection, I will invite up our former fifth overall in 2005, Carey Price. Bonsoir. Le Canadien de Montreal are proud to select... David. Yeah. <laughs> we planned it that way. David Reinbacker. <laughs> so uh, Carey Price uh, was good-natured about it. He apologized to Reinbacker, and uh, it, it made the... the the kind of a light moment there um I, you know there's some who are wanting to jump on carry you, you can't blame carry in that situation uh we know the names of the prospects the team knows the names of the prospects players they don't know they don't know the names of the prospects so if if in that bridgestone arena um, Carey Price, uh, you know, Kent Hughes whispers in his ear the name of the, the, the pick, um, and then he blanks on it when they get up. But that, I, I would much rather have seen uh, the Canadians print out a card, hand him a card, uh, give him a, a card to read from. Um, and it, I should say another goaltender, Pekka Rene, same thing happened to him. And, and, um, and Pekka had an IFB in his ear. He had, he had the control room telling him, but, but he blanked on the pick, uh, when, when Nashville came, uh, time to, um, pick, but I, I, I just, I, I don't blame the goaltenders. It was, it was a moment that's going to, uh, I think only, um, live even stronger in the memory of, of, uh, uh, the fans and and certainly the the Rhinebacker family. Yeah, I don't think David Rhinebacker ended up minding too too much. Uh, lots of other things going through his mind. 
Uh, I'm sure there was a little bit of confusion amongst other Davids that might have been there uh, with the big pause after Carrie Price says David. But uh, nice that uh, Ken Hughes stepped in uh, for the save and uh, took care of uh, that and uh, got rid of all the confusion. Uh, we actually have some audio uh, coming from uh, Thomas Vanek, and uh, Ryan Backer is the highest selected Austrian player since Thomas Vanek, so here's a nice little message. David, congratulations on being drafted in the first round. It's always special and great to see a fellow Austrian being selected that high. Good job. All the best. Really nice. Nice moment, and, and you could see that uh, David Ryan Backer was very touched by the message. Yeah, and uh, David Reinbacker, uh, how was he feeling about this? Um, yeah, it's an incredible feeling. Uh, so I can't believe it. Um, it's a really, really huge honor for me uh, to put on such great colors uh, from a great organization. So, yeah, I don't know. I can't describe the feeling. He was at a loss for words. He was he was very humble, uh, humbled by the experience. And uh, yeah, he said he was he was uh, really appreciates putting on the colors is what he said of of uh, such a great organization like the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, seems like a really good and uh, mature player. I've enjoyed listening to his availability so far and uh, looking forward to hearing more from him. Um, one uh, more audio clip uh, coming from Ken Hughes, and uh, he's talking about uh, Reinbacher's ceiling as a player. Is his ceiling? Probably a D2. I don't, I'm not sure he's going to run a first power play in the National Hockey League. I mean, I... I'm not big on putting numbers to to players be D1, D2. You know, there's a power play defenseman in the NHL. Is he your number one or is somebody that's, you know, shutting the play down on one end and launching the attack on the other end? So I think he has the potential to be uh, to log very significant minutes for our team. So I think um, they're not even considering him uh, that number one defenseman, that mobile puck-moving defenseman who is going to quarterback the power play. If you've got that in your mind, that you think that David Reinbacker um, is going to be, uh, you're going to be disappointed. Yes, he, you know, he skates well, he's big, he defends well, he can move the puck, but he's not going to be quarterbacking your power play, um, at least not according to Kent Hughes. That's not his his skill and and looking at a um, he said a D two I've seen lots of scouts say a, maybe a D three as well so uh, a very effective efficient type of defenseman who's uh, going to be either on your top pairing or your second pairing and uh, I believe we have some info on uh, Stefan Robida and uh, his thoughts on the Rhinebacker pick well I just thought it was interesting that he got so involved and made. Uh, from what we hear, a very impassioned plea uh, the night before the draft uh, for the Canadians to select uh, David Reinbacker. Um, and he presented, he did a video presentation from his perspective, breaking down some video about Reinbacker. And uh, if the, the, the coach, the assistant coach who looks after the defenseman is, is advocating, then um, then maybe that's uh, uh, a good thing. Um, I, th- I think that that uh, it's interesting um, that uh, he was presenting video. Now they said there there was uh, they weren't satisfied with only having video on another player, but but we won't get into that. <laughs> so uh, you might be wondering what was going on uh, internally. Uh, Nick Bobrog. Bob Rov spoke in regard to the pick. Did he uh, pick the best player available, and uh, what went into that? Yeah, I think that all the discussion beforehand, and this goes back to the Combine, and even before uh, Kent Hughes was asked, what's your criteria? 
And he said, the best player available, um, we're not going to pick by position. We're not going to um, use those factors. It's going to be the best player available. But we told you that um, they can manipulate that. They can manipulate it in in different ways um, to characterize uh, their pick as the best player available. Um, and And so that's... That's that's very interesting, especially um, we heard and, and he said it in French um, at the, that same press conference. Um, we heard Ken Hughes saying that if um, Reinbacker was a left shot defenseman, uh, they probably would have cooled on him that um, that it was because he was a right shot defenseman uh, that he was high on their list. Um, that's interesting because that's not best player available. The other part is, uh, we, we heard the word culture before it kept coming up over and over and over again. Um, and that, that, uh, that, uh, Reinbacker had that culture, uh, to be a good fit and be, uh, to mesh. Uh, the other thing we heard is that this was a unanimous selection around the table from all of the scouting staff. Boy, I find that very, very hard to believe. And 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 you know what? If if it is true, I think the Canadians have a problem. You don't want you want debate. You want don't want uh, necessarily everybody. Once the the selection is is brought to the table, you don't want everybody nodding in agreement. Uh, you want to go through some debate, as I assume there would be between a Reinbacker and a Leonard. Um, so that. Let's just keep that, uh, file that away to see if uh, we get any more uh, insight on that. Yeah, and we do have some audio coming from Nick Bobrov, and uh, here's what he had to let us know about uh, Reinbacher's growth and potential. Uh, We felt that this player embodies the type of culture that Jeff, Kent, Marty, the coaching staff, uh, are trying to build. And that was not a trivial matter to us. So culture was an important word. So this is the clip that's about the most important characteristics in the mind of Nick Bobroff, and it's culture. Culture, culture, culture. Um, A little bit different. It's a new buzzword. Uh, It used to be character. Now it's culture. And um, that's uh, apparently uh, what they, they saw. That was the common thread uh, throughout all of the picks that they made, uh, the nine picks that they made in the draft, but particularly uh, talked about the culture with respect to Reinbacker. Um, as far as as Reinbacker's growth and, and his potential, uh, here's what Bobrov had to say. We felt that uh, David, given what he's done this year, um, and last year, in fact, uh, his growth, uh, his potential... Um, are very, very intriguing and extremely difficult to obtain. Um, you know, we see that every draft team's trying to trade up um, and get that guy. So, um, right shot defenseman, um, and he's saying the kind of package that uh, was presented uh, by Reinbacker is difficult to obtain, that you got to draft it. Um, and, and that's why they felt that they had to go. We, we've heard fans say, well, listen, if, if um, Reinbacker wasn't picked by the Canadians, if it was Leonard, if it was Michkov, uh, that Arizona would have picked them next. And, and yes, I, I think that's fair. Arizona was definitely looking 
um, for a defenseman. I don't know that that's a reason for the Canadians today. I, you know, when's the last time Arizona ever did anything right? Um, <laughs> but but um, but according to Bobrov, um, the kind of, of characteristics that he has, skill set that he has, uh, difficult to obtain, and and uh, they wanted to jump at it. Yeah, and uh, culture, it's not a bad thing to look for. That's certainly an important part of building a team. Is this what we're looking for with pick number five? Well, I guess that's what Nick Bobrov was looking for, at least, and what the team was targeting. Um, did you have anything else uh, you wanted to add in regards to Montreal targeting uh, culture at the top of the draft and throughout the draft in general? Well, I think that that one of the other things that Bobrov said, um, and, and Marty Lapointe also said, um, was the reason they chose, and they were asked, obviously, as fans were, were wondering why uh, a dynamic player like Michkov was, was left on the table, uh, they were asked, why, why a Rhinebacker, why a safe pick like Rhinebacker um, over, over a Michkov or a more dynamic player, a, a Zach Benson, a Ryan Leonard? Um, and with respect to Michkov, uh, they both said that it was the knowns of Rhinebacker over the unknowns of uh, Michkov uh, that uh, they felt weighed, weighed in favor of, of Rhinebacker. Uh, they, they just didn't know enough in their mind about Michkov. Um, I'm not sure that they, they did their due diligence to, to track down all the information uh, they could. We saw the the Philadelphia Flyers uh, schedule a workout a skate session at their their uh, practice facility with Meechkoff and and a um, couple of interviews and whatnot. Uh, so uh, there were opportunities for the Canadians to gather more. They they chose not to. Uh, so I think that in their mind, um, Meechkoff was out of their plans kind of early on. So uh, you, you mentioned before culture being kind of a buzzword. Well, what about uh, this for a buzzword? Three key elements that are missing from the Canadians. Uh, we get to hear from Jeff Gordon about that. And I think just to set this up, uh, this was done before the 20, this was a quote before the 2022 draft. So uh, looking at the Canadians, what are the three uh, key elements that are missing from the, the Montreal Canadiens organization? I think that, uh, you know, as you look at our team, I, I think it's pretty clear we could use an offensive defenseman. We could run our power play, um, you know, um, an elite kind of guy that, uh, that could eat a lot of minutes, could be a power play guy. That's that's something we need. Um, you know, our goaltending issue, we're going to have to, someone's going to have to step to the forefront and be a guy, whether we have him internally or we have to go to the outside. We got to, you know, the best teams have the best goalies, right? Um, there's not a lot of secrets anymore there. Um, and then, you know, I, I think, you know, just adding to the depth and the toughness of our team, right? We could, we could be, you know, as we, as we get, uh, as we move along, we're going to want to be a harder team to play against. Um, so the hardest guys there are to find the, the skilled ones with, with the, with that grit and that toughness. With that grit and that toughness, the hardest guys to find are the ones who have skill with some grit and toughness, obviously. And, and in, in an, another interview, he talked about the, the Kachuks as well. So the three elements that were, were missing um, to review were an offensive, mobile, modern, puck-moving defenseman, 
uh, an elite defenseman um, who would be the number one uh, who would quarterback your your top power play. Um, with all due respect to David Reidenbacker, he's not that player. And I think we heard Kent Hughes say he's not that player. Um, Kent Hughes said he's going to be a very good defenseman, not elite, uh, not a not a number one, not a power play quarterback. Goaltending, um, well, the Canadians uh, had have an opportunity had an opportunity to do something about that. They had an opportunity to parlay some of those um, those picks, probably an early second round pick into uh, into maybe a goaltender. There wasn't a clear cut number one kind of goaltender in this. Um, draft, but maybe they could have done something there. The third element to me is is really interesting. And in Gorton's mind, he said, this is the hardest player to find. This is the hardest player to draft. High-skilled, dynamic, grit, a scorer who has uh, punch and, and, and toughness to him. Uh, the hardest to find. The Canadians had that, had that in their lap with respect to Ryan Leonard. Um, and it's interesting. They got, they're looking for uh, a defenseman um, and uh, who, who would be an elite number one defenseman, manage the power play. They got almost, almost that. They're looking at a, a scoring gritty um, forward. Last year, they got almost that. Uh, Slavkovsky, I, I think it's fair to say he's not, He's not a physical player. Um, he's a big player, uh, but he's he's um, he. It isn't part of his game to use his size in that way that you you see a Kachuk uh, or others uh, use. So, the Canadians are got partway there, uh, but not quite. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I think you had mentioned this just beforehand, but uh, there is an interesting question. If uh, you switch things around between these past two drafts, uh, would the Montreal Canadiens be better off? Uh, What was it that you were asking me just before we were recording? Well, I came up with a theory this week afterwards. Hearing the Gordon um, uh, replaying it in my mind and seeing what, what, uh, what transpired, um, and I just wondered um, if if you took uh, go back last year and the Canadians pick a defenseman um, instead of a forward and they pick an offensive defenseman who um, could quarterback a power play, a David Juracek. Um, if they pick David Juracek, we also know um, Simon Nemich was uh, went second overall. Juracek went. Uh, to Columbus uh, at the sixth overall pick, I believe. What if they picked their defenseman last year? They could get exactly what uh, what uh, Gorton was talking about. And this year, instead of picking their defenseman this year, they picked their forward this year. And they picked Ryan Leonard, which who seems to have the characteristics and the qualities and the skills um, that a uh, that that match with that kind of player that. Um, uh, that Jeff Gordon was talking about, uh, and just wondering to you know uh, if if the Canadians would be better off. Um, so I took it a step further, as I usually take things way too far. Um, and I and this week I I texted um, two scouts um, and said, on your list, imagine if Yuri Slavkovsky was available. Um, in the 2023 draft, where would he be on your list? 
They got one answer of eighth, one answer of sixth on their list in terms of of uh, the forwards. Uh, well, in terms of uh, the overall list, but um, he on one list he would be sixth this year if he if he was eligible. Another eighth. So um, I then went further and said, okay, let's say that Rhinebacker was available in 2022. Where would he be? One said 12th, one said 13th. Uh, and that he would be after, he would fall in line um, after three defensemen that were taken, Nemich, Juracek, and uh, Minchikov. Um, he would be the, the fourth best defenseman. So it, it's just... Um, it's fascinating. I, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a silly exercise because what's happened has happened. Um, you can't change that. Um, but, you know, I, I know that, that uh, a lot of Canadians fans will say, ah, oh, come on, leave it to the experts. Um, the experts have the knowledge. They know. Um, but, you know, we've had some experts over the years in, in Montreal um, and did you always trust Mark Bergevin? Uh, did you always trust Pierre Gauthier? Did you always trust Andre Savard? Did you always trust, um, going back to Rajon Uhl? Um, the Canadians have not had a Stanley Cup in 30 years. Um, so I think we're entitled to ask a few questions uh, when things go, especially when they lay out what they're going after and things go a little bit sideways. Um a little bit. And, and listen, it, it's not just us. Um, you look around, you look around uh, the draft evaluations. Canadians are not getting top grades. I can tell you that. Um, and if you look at uh, the draft rankings for David um, Reinbacker, I saw a consolidated ranking. That's all the drafting agencies. Uh, his, his consolidated ranking was 11th. That's based on, you know, Craig Button's ranking of, of 20th for um, for David Reinbacker. Flow Hockey had him at 10th. The Hockey News, we're affiliated with, had him at 9th. McKean's, respected, had him at 16th. Elite Prospects had him at 9th. Hockey Prospect, the Black Book, had him at 13th. Um, so we're going to ask questions and make sure that the Montreal Canadiens made the right pick here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we should be asking those questions, especially since we just had two audio clips where Jeff Gordon laid out what he was looking for and then Kent Hughes described what he got. And it doesn't quite add up. But it was It's close, but it's not quite to what they were looking for in the end. And having back-to-back picks in the top five in the draft, uh, I think it's fair to feel a little bit underwhelmed uh, by getting Slavkovsky and then getting Rhinebacker this year. Uh, I think that's absolutely fair. Does that mean that neither will end up contributing? Absolutely not. I think both of them will end up being very good players in the NHL eventually. But uh, I think it's fair to say that, you know what, right here, right now, uh, this is a little bit lackluster based on the opportunity that the Montreal Canadiens had. And uh, what we ended up getting was a very mixed fan reaction. Uh, like you said, some saying, you know what, trust the system. They have all the resources. And others saying, you know what, especially this year, there was a lot of forward talent available and some guys that, you know, Montreal has come out and said that they are looking for. And they skipped over that to fill what seems like a need. Let's, um, you mentioned fan reaction. Let's uh, quickly, um, I don't want to spend too much time on it, dismiss 
all the nutty things that are being, as usual, Twitter isn't real life. Uh, trust me, it isn't. Yeah. Uh, the nutty things that are being said on Twitter uh, that David Reinbacker uh, has heard about the uh, reaction uh, by uh, Habs fans and that uh, I saw one a meme um, a graphic. He will not ever sign a contract in, in Montreal. Another one, he will never play a game in Montreal. Um, just nonsense. Actually, I think one of them was put out by when I looked, um, and and I I don't, didn't spend too much time out by a Leafs fan. Um, so all of this stuff, yes, we're we're not uh, we're not attacking the player. David Reinbacker is going to be a very good NHLer. Is he going to be at the awards table uh, picking up Norris's? Likely not. Um, he he's not going to be elite uh, when you think about an elite defense Norris winning defenseman, but he's going to be a very good player and he's going to be a very safe pick. Um, there's probably a, a, a very small distance between his floor and his ceiling. Um, he, he, he's going to be what we, what we think he's going to be in this case and a very solid addition uh, to the Montreal Canadians, just not um, the superstar that Montreal Canadians have been waiting for, uh, for 50 years. Yeah, I think that's very fair on your end. So with that being said, uh, are we ready to get into gear for day two of the draft? Sure. So like we said, Montreal, no pick in round two, as they included that in the trade for Alex Newhook. So a lot of the high end goaltenders not available, but uh, with their third round pick, the next pick they ended up having after the David Reinbacker pick, they go with a goaltender. They go with uh, Jacob Fowler. Uh, he's committed to Boston College next year. A uh, bit of an up-and-down season with uh, Youngstown Phantoms. But uh, he, I think he'll be very popular in Montreal with the fans and the media, as he does have some family ties with Montreal, eh? He does. He has connections. He said his uh, grandfather in a second marriage married a French-Canadian woman, and, and that brought his dad up. Uh, his aunt... Um, graduated from McGill, I believe, and he has also has some family in Quebec City. So he does have some uh, Montreal conne- connections. Um, he had, I thought he had a, a good year in uh, with Youngstown in the USHL. Now it's the USHL, it's not NCAA, um, but he looked pretty good uh, there. He's, um, he's got that, he, he's very quiet in the net, hybrid style. Um, he tracks the puck well. He Excellent rebound control. Uh, he moves. He moves pretty well. He plays really deep in his net, so uh, the Canadians' goalie coach will like that. Um, and and just his ability to track the the puck is 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 his best uh, characteristic. Um, on the downside, he doesn't handle the puck well, so don't expect to carry Price or anything close to it. Um, I, I'd say his skating is one of his weaknesses, and, and to be a, a, a top-notch um, um, goaltender, you have to have um, excellent skating. You have to be able to explode uh, in your movements, your lateral movements. And I think everybody's mentioned his conditioning. Um, he's 6-1, or, or now I see that they're heightening him, as happens with all uh, new prospects up to six two, but he's two twelve between two twelve and two uh, twenty between um, that uh, depending on on where you see it. Uh, Marty Lapointe was asked about this uh, because conditioning has been a criticism of him that doesn't like the weight room and and that sort of thing. Marty said he's going to slim down. 
Um, so uh, once they get him on track, he's headed to Boston College. Boston College has uh, an excellent hockey program. They also have a lot of uh, success with goaltenders. You think of, of Thatcher Demko. You think of Spencer Knight. Uh, Corey Schneider went. It, it, this this is this is going to be very very good for uh, Jacob Fowler. He's brash. He's bold. He's cocky. He's arrogant. Um, he's a goaltender. He he is a goaltender. And uh, he also put out one of my favorite quotes of the draft. And uh, he was asked, "What style of goaltender is he?" I play a pretty simple game. I'm not a guy that over moves or is laying on his back, flopping around. I I like to be on my feet, and I think my game's uh, you know nothing sexy. I just stop the puck. Nothing sexy. I just stop the puck. Perfect quote. Love it. He he's a quote machine. We could have played uh, all the clips today. I could have I could have amassed um, a dozen Jacob Fowler quotes. He's he's a delight to interview. But uh, he did manage to squeeze in one more, and uh, he was asked, uh, is it tough to be a goaltender in Montreal? I want it to be. I, I think as a competitor, I don't want it to be easy. I think I want the I want the bright lights. I want the big stage. And, you know, I said earlier, I think pressure's a privilege. So the more pressure it is, I think it just means that uh, you just got to go out and perform your best. He, he just spins the quotes. <laughs> I like I like the big stage. Uh, I like the bright lights. Uh, this Fans are going to enjoy this guy. Yeah, so it sounds like he likes the challenge, and uh, I'm all for it. Certainly good qualities to have for a goaltender. So yeah. uh, I think the Jacob Fowler uh, pick, uh, I, I actually like this pick quite a bit, and uh, nice to get a goaltender. Yeah, I I, I said that uh, my number one target was uh, Carson Bjarnason, uh, played in Brandon, played on not a great team, and, and, uh, and he did well. I think he went to the Flyers. Um, but, uh, I, th- I think he was, uh, Jacob Fowler was rated number five by central scouting for North American goaltenders. Uh, and where the Canadians got him was a, a really good value pick, I think. But, uh, their next pick, I think this is one for the headlines pick 101 overall, and they select Florian Jackye. That's right. So you recognize that last name. Uh, he's the brother of Arbor, although he is a left winger. He's six foot two. He spent last year with the Bulldogs. Um, maybe cut from the same cloth as his brother, getting 76 penalty minutes, including seven fighting majors. Uh, I don't particularly stand by the belief that there are reaches in the draft, but uh, Rick, do you think this one was maybe a reach for the headlines? Um this was this was all heart no head. Uh, this was ridiculous. Nobody was taking Florian Jackai. He wasn't ranked uh, on many of of the the draft lists. Uh, he wasn't going to be taken. Uh, this is this is his second year in the draft. This is his draft year plus one. Um, and and I I thoroughly understand. Um, you know the the story that it created. We saw the his mom post. Uh, the the pillows that a neighbor made uh, with their names on it, um, Florian and Ann Arbor with with uh, Canadians pattern. Uh, it's a terrific story uh, and one that you can complete if you take him in the seventh round. Uh, this was mm-hmm. um, one of the one of the very few draft agencies uh, that had him on the list graded him an F and said, uh, Florian Jackye, and I'll quote, doesn't have the profile of an NHL draft pick, meaning he's not going to get selected, so don't. But he did. 
um, for the story. Um, I get that that Arbor wasn't drafted and, and this kind of makes a nice story. Uh, it could have happened much later in the draft and, and uh, nothing again. I know he, he's going to this. The fans love it. And and so they should. Um, but he could have been picked up much, much later in the draft. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And then Montreal had uh, another pick nine picks later, and uh, with the 110th overall, they pick Bogdan Konichikov. Uh, he's another right-hand defenseman. He's 5'11". He's Russian, actually. Uh, 20 years old, so a little bit older for this draft, and it seems like he's a puck mover, although there's not a ton of information on this player. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, now, now it's odd. The Canadians watched video to get information on this guy. Who knew? Um, <laughs> yeah, he uh, tw- twenty years old. Another another guy who is uh, a little bit older uh, beyond his uh, draft date. Um, and it was um, Marty Lapointe who said that he reached out to Igor Larionov. Of course, Lapointe played with Larionov. Uh, to get more information on him, and and uh, he talked about how smart this player was, and that impressed Marty Lapointe. And another pick at uh, 128th, so uh, not too far after, and they go with another goaltender, Quentin Miller, six foot three goalie, a goalie that was part of the Quebec Ramparts Memorial Cup w- team winning run. And he was the backup who did not play in the playoffs. But uh, it does seem like this is an interesting pick. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about him. Uh, Rick, what are your thoughts on Quentin Miller? Quentin Miller is um, a a goaltender uh, who played for one of the top teams in the CHL, the Quebec Ramparts. And he didn't play a lot, uh, so there isn't a lot of information on him. Uh, 20 games in the season and... Um, and played very well, um, but behind a, a very good team. Um, he, as you said, he didn't play in the playoffs. Um, he's, he's very young. He's got the kind of size that you want for a goaltender, uh, six foot three. And, and, and a lot of the scouts, uh, talk about his size. The thing is, he's one of those goaltenders. And, um, if you've, if you've seen Dustin Tokarski, how deep he sits, um, in the crease, same thing for Quentin M- Miller. Noticed uh, that he he just has a real deep stance, which which kind of uh, takes away from his his six foot three size. Uh, that'll get worked out. I'm sure that that somebody will talk to him about that because they say he's very smart. He's adaptable. He'll listen. He learns well. He's looking to get better. Um, and um, a, a someone who I rely on uh, for my uh, uh, a lot of information about goaltenders is Vincent Riondo, a former Montreal Canadiens goaltender. He's a goalie scout. He's a Russian scout with the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, Vincent Riondo loves this guy, uh, thinks he has lots of potential. Uh, so if he's good enough for Vinny, he's good enough for me. And that brings us to pick 133 overall. And uh, Montreal goes with a left winger, Sam Harris. He's 5'11", 19 years old, committed uh, to the University of Denver next season. Played in the USHL, the Sioux Falls Stampede last year. Um, He was their top scorer, and I think that was pretty easy because they were the worst offensive team in the USHL. Uh, But going to the University of Denver is one of those great programs in the NCAA, and uh, he's, he's... 
he's he's not big, but he's very physical. Um, he's going to have to work on his skating. He's going to have to work on his speed, his agility. Um, but I, 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 this is an interesting pick as well. And then uh, pick 144. It seems like all these later round picks are very close together, actually. But they go with uh, another goaltender, a third goaltender in this draft. He's six foot three. He's 18 years old. It's Evgeny Volkin. Uh, the like I said, the third uh, goaltender they drafted in this one, and another Russian with not a whole lot of info that I was able to find. Avlokin, um, again, the Canadians followed him by video. How did they do that? Can't do that for, well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, the third goalie, and um, Marty St. Louis, or sorry, Marty Lapointe said, uh, we we saw the goalies going off the board. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we had quantity um, if they couldn't get uh, a goalie in the in the top round, they wanted to get a lot of them. Uh, again, this is someone I said that Vinny Riondo was uh, uh, their goalie scout, but also the Russian scout. So this is someone that Vinny Riondo had his um, his eye on. Um, and uh, again, this is a, a, a long term project, um, and um, and could be an interesting one. And with the 165th overall pick, they go with a six-foot center named Philip Erickson. Uh, he had a taste of the SHL last season, uh, didn't put up any points in just a couple of games, but uh, he will be getting another shot at it next season. Not a lot of information on Philippe Erickson um, because there, he didn't play a lot. He was injured all season, just played two games. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so this is a player, again, uh, they talk, talked about his hockey IQ, how smart he was uh, on the ice. Um, he's a playmaker. Um, and um, if you get down to Broussard, you might see him as part of the development camp. And with Montreal's final pick in the draft, 197th overall, they select Luke Middlestad. He's a left-hand uh, D. Uh, he's 5'11", brother to Casey Middlestad of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Luke is 20, and he's going to be going to the University of Minnesota next season. He's been there for the last couple of years. This is his last season of eligibility with uh, the University of Minnesota. You know that I watch a lot of University of Minnesota hockey. Luke Middlestat, this is two years beyond his draft year. And every year I say, why didn't Luke Middlestat get drafted? Uh, Other scouts are saying that as well. Um, you know, he, he's got some things to work on, but he's an offensive defenseman. Um, he, you'll see him, uh, he gets a, a steady dose, or at least he did last year, um, of second unit power play reps. Um, he had 21 points in 38 games uh, last year. Um, again, this is a puzzle why, why he's gone through the draft a, um, a few times, but uh, I think this is a really... Nice ad and uh, taking a chance on a on an older older player. And thus concludes all the draft picks for Montreal in the year 2023. Uh, an interesting class. Uh, we notice a lot of goaltenders and a lot of overagers. Is this something that stood out to you, Rick? For sure. Um, that and I think that's part of the COVID uh, leftovers that. Um, the scouts are taking an extra year to to view players, um, and there there was kind of a lost year in there. So we're seeing uh, overagers for sure, and and the Canadians, um, you know, as as Jeff Gordon said, they have a goaltending issue. They're looking for a goaltender. They're looking to make something happen. 
Um, and, uh, you know, not, not many in the system. They added a bunch, and I think that's a, a, a good move. Yeah, so don't you can never have enough goaltenders. Uh, I'm always a little bit surprised when a team takes more than one in a draft, but hey, you know, you go for three, and it seems like good guys to bet on at least. But uh, you heard all of our our analysis, and uh, we're interested to hear what our listeners think about uh, this draft. So our Canadians Connection question of the week is, with Bedard, Carlson, Fantilli, and Smith already gone, who would you have selected at pick number five? Uh, we want to hear from you. And uh, Rick, before we go into our final break, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add? I think it was just a, a terrific week. Uh, the Canadians had a lot of, of draft capital. Uh, they used most of it, and, and they used... Uh, Two of those picks to accelerate uh, the the rebuild, um, and and we're going to have the opportunity uh, to almost immediately next year uh, evaluate some of those moves, and and then uh, beyond that, you know, in a more long term approach. So it's time to take our final break here, and uh, make sure you're staying with us. This is Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 250 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Please make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out the website canadiansconnection.fm. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853 Rocket. That's 5853 Rocket. 
And man, that was that was quite a mouthful going through the draft. Lots of uh, interesting stuff to talk about. And Rick, I think there's plenty more for us to get to in this offseason. There sure is. Um, there's there's going to be a lot to to um, to think over and to to report to you. And so we're going to be here every single week of the offseason. Um, we've appreciated all of the the new listeners we've had over the over the last month. I think uh, you've really appreciated our draft coverage, the guests that we've had bringing in uh, some experts uh, to to give you the information that apparently not many others have had. So uh, we plan to continue to do that over the summer. Um, we just ask you to subscribe uh, so that you don't miss any of our, our content. And, and listen, you, you, you don't have to, uh, you, you can take us wherever you go uh, and listen to the Canadians Connection podcast, uh, wherever you are, if you're mowing the lawn, you're out at the lake, um, or you're uh, sipping a nice cold beverage somewhere. <laughs> And we have all sorts of Montreal Canadiens content, and it's all available in one place. Just head over to THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, throughout the week, uh, we do release a number of uh, different types of content. Uh, first and foremost, I'll talk about our content on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Just search at all Habs and you'll be able to find it. Every single week on Thursday, you'll find the Habs Hockey Report there. That's hosted by Amy Johnson. The latest episode that came out just this past Thursday is called Grading the Habs 2023 Draft and New Hook Trade. So you'll want to tune into that. Amy gives great detailed analysis and she's always great at uh, interacting with all her viewers. Leave a like, leave a comment. Amy will likely respond to it. And uh, if she likes it enough, she might even read it on the air. So hit that subscribe button. You're not going to want to miss a single episode this offseason. The comments and, already on that episode, uh, just to just to mention uh, on that particular episode about the draft and the new tr- new hook trade, the comments are hilarious. Um, be- <laughs> I think Amy must have got it just right because there's lots of comments that say, "No, you're wrong. That's terrible. That's an awful." And there's plenty that say, "You got it exactly right, Amy." Um, so <laughs> uh, we we have passionate fans uh, in the Rocket Sports. Uh, hockey community and uh, they're expressing themselves uh, in droves uh, on that particular video and and you can do the same for uh, this podcast as well yeah we're gonna start putting this podcast up on youtube as well every single week so if uh, you enjoyed listening to it on your favorite podcasting app why not give it a listen as well on youtube or if you know a friend that prefers checking things out on youtube make sure to hit us up there leave a like leave a comment uh, we'll be sure to go through some of those comments as well so make sure you're subscribed to search at all habs on youtube and also, while you're subscribing, make sure you subscribe to both Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcasting app. First and foremost, the Press Zone that comes out on Tuesday, you can find it at thepresszone.fm. That's going to be your inside source for everything AHL, Laval Rocket, Montreal Canadiens prospects. Amy Johnson hosts that along with Patrick Williams, who's an AHL guru. Sometimes Rick Stevens uh, will poke in a little bit too. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast, The Canadians Connection. You can find it at canadiansconnection.fm. And we're going to be here every single Saturday. Like Rick said, uh, we do not go on vacation uh, throughout the summer. While some of your other favorite podcasts and radio shows are going to stop talking Montreal and hockey, well, we'll keep up with it. There's going to be plenty of fascinating news stories to get to, and we'll uh, continue to give you great coverage. Just hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode.
And uh, I think now is a good time to get to, to some reactions that we had from our <laughs> listeners in regards to the draft. Uh, we put it out uh, on our uh, Twitter and our social medias to send us a text and uh, tweet at us. Let us know your thoughts on some of the Montreal Canadiens draft picks. And uh, Rick, I believe you have those reactions right here. How to choose, how to choose. There are hundreds of messages between Twitter um, and our text line. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a couple of these in no particular order. Uh, Stephen Lee says today I'm a little disappointed in the pick. I'm sure he'll be a great defenseman, and we're short on righties. But Michkov was right there. Niarkos says that was a bad pick at five. Trade back if you wanted him. Again, they don't pick the best player available; they pick out of need. I think that's a fair statement. Uh, the the picking out of out of need. Uh, Bishaw says, uh, I'm sure I'll be in the minority, but I'm fine uh, with this pick. Not my preferred option, but it should solidify and balance out their D. If he reaches his ceilings, fans will come around. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Marc-Andre Gagnon says, uh, I love everything I've read about this guy. He's got the perfect attitude to become a great, defendable, dependable player. Always looking to improve, and he shows it got... He has what it takes to get there. Um, I'm editing grammar on the fly here. We'll have a very solid player, and he'll help put great culture in the organization. So he's right on board with uh, with Bob Roff, uh, talking about uh, his attitude and uh, his con- contribution to uh, culture. Uh, Johnny Boy says, awful pick. This is an awful pick. The Canadians are already stacked in Ds. We need forwards. And they should have picked Ryan Leonard. Um, so uh, a, a, a wide range of opinions there. Uh, Canadians fans, passionate. Uh, as always, I think, just as we said, uh, David Reinbacker is going to be a very, very good defenseman. Uh, as as uh, was mentioned earlier by Kent Hughes, he's going to be a minutes eater. Um, he's going to be an excellent defender, and he's going to... Uh, get better moving the puck. Um, and and we'll see who he ends up uh, being paired with. Uh, he got an opportunity to meet Caden Gooley. Uh, Caden Gooley was uh, at the draft, and uh, there was a nice little exchange uh, there. Uh, whether though that will eventually be a pairing uh, or another one, uh, we'll have to see. So we always appreciate uh, hearing from our listeners. Once again, feel free to text us anytime on the Rocket Sports text line, 5853ROCKET. And you can just reply to any one of our tweets with uh, any comment that you have to let us know. So busy weekend, busy week up ahead uh, today on July 1st as we're recording. It's Canada Day, so happy Canada Day to all of our uh, listeners up here in the north. And uh, to the south on July 1st, uh, we say happy Independence Day. July 4th uh, for those, those folks, but oh, but yeah. yes, absolutely. <laughs> happy Canada Day and happy Independence Day. And uh, free agent frenzy is going to continue along on uh, this Saturday, July 1st as well. I'm sure plenty of signings will go down within the next few days. And uh, of course, uh, Canadians Development Camp, uh, it's going to start on the ice on Sunday. So look out for that in Broussard. Alex Belzeal signed as as an unrestricted free agent. Uh, by the New York Rangers organization. We'll see if he ends up in Hartford. Um, no Canadians uh, signings. We, we expected the Montreal Canadiens to be very quiet. Um, I think there's there might be a, a couple of holes to fill, um, but uh, nothing yet. And, and that might, uh, those, those signings or minor signings might uh, come out over the next few days. 
So that'll be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Uh, make, please make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like what you heard, you can share us on social media as well. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, July the 8th for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. So thank you all for listening and uh, make sure you tune in next week for the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. Canadians.